We're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray and we're going to get right into the word of God. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, appreciate you, love you, honor you, nobody like you, and we are so grateful. Now, God, I'm praying that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, God. Let it be all of you, less of me. Let the people be eternally touched and blessed. And we give you praise and thanksgiving for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, would you just get your Bibles in your hands? And repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. Come on, put your hands together. I'm going to have you put your hands together one more time. Just go ahead and do it one more time. That last time was for our young people who are doing our video and our sound in the back. We appreciate you. Good. You ain't got to celebrate them too much because we do pay them. You ain't got to give them too many hand claps. But they are really growing and getting much better, and, and we thank God. And so uh, all, the, all the people who are connecting uh, to us through live stream, you wouldn't be able to see it without them. So we do appreciate them. All right, let's, let's get right into the Word of God. We're going to start with Psalms 33 and 1, and I'm going to uh, just read that. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Uh, something that we've heard often that praises calmly for the upright. Let's look at verse 4. It says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. I'm going to read that again. For the word of the Lord is right or correct, and all his works are done in truth. I want to pause just for a second and talk about that. It says the word of the Lord is right. Everything he does is in truth. The word of the Lord is right. Everything he does is in truth. But as I was looking at that, I begin to understand that that is a bit of a departure from us because everything God does is right, but not everything we do is right. All his works are done in truth, but not all our works are done in truth. I ain't talking about sinners. I'm talking about saved folk. Save, sanctify, fear with the Holy Ghost, mighty burning fire, and we'll talk in tongues, but all our stuff ain't right. Amen. So as, as, as I was looking at that, I just thought about this phrase, and, and this is not really where we're going, but I just kind of want to set it up a little bit. We, we are a carnal culture. Our culture is carnal, and therefore, by and large, we are a carnal church, meaning we are carnal Christians. And carnality, the word carnality just simply means earthly. And, and when I say we, I'm including me as your leader. We're not like 
the old church. Now, the old church, there's some things that they needed to get rid of because they, they didn't progress, but there was some stuff that they had right. And let's just be honest, if some of the stuff we did, we did in the old church, they wouldn't tolerate it because we're a lot more carnal than they are. We, 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 we are only in church a little bit and we get tired. They'd be in church all day and want some more. And so we, 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 we're a lot more earthly than we probably should be. And I'm saying including me including you. They, there was a time they wouldn't even watch rated R movies. We watched rated R and rated whatever we want to watch because we free, we got grace, we grown, we do what we want, and there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it leaves us carnal. Can we just be honest? It, 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 it's, it, it's true. We, we'll speak in tongues and we'll cuss. Now, the old church, they wouldn't do that, but some of us, we'll speak in tongues and we'll cuss. And we still say we're still going to heaven. It's just that as the age has gotten worse, sometimes we, we haven't always been as right as the scripture says God is. And, of course, we, we, we're praying that we get better, and that's why we confess our deliverance every day. And that's why you come to Deliverance Temple, and you don't come to Altogether Perfect Temple, because if you was Altogether Perfect, that's the church you would go to. But since y'all need deliverance, y'all come to Deliverance Temple. But it, we can be honest that sometimes we're carnal or earthly. But that leads me to the next scripture. This is where I really want to park from. Psalms 33 and 5. It says, he, speaking of God, this one who is all right, says he loveth righteousness and judgment or justice. But then it says this. It says, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. That's going to bring me to my title for today, and I'll connect it with the carnality just in just a minute. But mmm, mmm, good. Mmm, mmm, good. Somebody say it with me. Say mmm, mmm, good. Now, of course, when I was growing up, that was connected to Campbell's Soup, but Campbell's Soup ain't that good. But God is Mm, mm, good. So, so, so let me connect it to the first part that I, I brought up about our carnality. So since we are a little more carnal and earthly, that means God really shouldn't be as good to us as he is, but he's still good. See, see, see I, 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 didn't, I haven't fasted as long as the old church fasted. I haven't read as many scriptures as the old church read. I didn't tarry as long as the old church tarried, but God's still been good to me. Because his, the earth is full of his goodness. That means the outside earth, but it also means my earthly carnal self. It means even when I haven't been good, he's still good. Even when I haven't been altogether faithful, he's still faithful. Even when I haven't been perfect, he's still perfect. So we should be more praiseworthy because the Bible says praise is calmly for the upright. 
than the old church because the old church, they, have, they went a little further than we've gone. We, 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 we only come on, on Sunday and Wednesday and some of y'all only come on Sunday and some of y'all only come when you get ready but God's still been blessing you and still been good to you and still been touching you and, and still been helping you and we don't beat you up over the head about tithing and offering but even though you may not have been tithing and giving your offering God's still been good because he's mm, mm, good we should be the craziest radical Christians that the world has ever seen because God has been overly good to us He's been extra good to us. He's, he's been especially good to us. And this is the reason why he does it. Because the whole earth is full of his goodness. Now, of course, as we point out the things that are wrong in the earth, we point out all the negativity in the earth, the shooting, the craziness, the foolishness. We forget to point out the goodness of God in the earth. So this sermon is about specifically the goodness of God toward us. The crazy, doesn't make sense, goodness of God toward us. Goodness gracious. Uh, it's so good. It's so, it, it doesn't make sense. You, you should not be backsliding. He, he too good for you to be sliding back. You ought to be pressing your way on. Lord, I'm trying Trying to make a hundred, ninety-nine and a half won't do. Not because I'm so good, but because you're so good. And so if I fall, I'm getting up because you're too good for me to stay down. If I lie, I'm repenting because you're too good for me to stay in my lying self. God, you're good. All the time, God is good. And God is good all the time. His goodness is running after me and it's running after you. Even when you're not so good. The grace of God. Now one thing that we understand that the old church sometimes didn't understand is the grace of God. Because we used to think if you mess up, you don't come back to church. You, you, you got to get it right before you come. But we understand that if you don't have it right, the best place to come is right here when you don't have it right. And let God's goodness work on you till you get it right. Listen, I'm going to bring my junk to church because I know a good God that can fix me up right in church and deliver me. I'm not going to draw back. This is not the season to draw back from God. This is not the season to hide your light. I'm going to let my light shine because God is good and God's not going to leave me like this. And I, I'm not going to die defeated and I'm not going to die addicted. and I, I'm not going to die lost because God is too good to leave me the way he found me. Let's give us, I've been doing this lately, I've been giving us uh, synonym words I've been finding from the thesaurus. So let's put these words up and, and I'll read them. These are words that are for goodness toward us. Kindness, benevolence, tenderness, warmth, affection, love, goodwill, sympathy, compassion, care, concern, understanding, tolerance, patience, generosity, charitableness, leniency, helpfulness, considerateness, thoughtfulness, graciousness. That means God's been kind to you. He's been benevolent to you. He's been tender to you. 
He's been warm and affectionate to you. He showed his love and goodwill to you. Even when you've been carnal, he showed you his sympathy and his compassion and his care and his concern. When didn't nobody else check up on you and nobody called you, God still thought about you. He never left you nor forsake you because he's mm, mm, good. He's, he's just that good. He's always good. He, he's big good. He's huge good. He's fat good. He's exponentially good. He's majestically good. He's just that good. Somebody praise God for the goodness of the Lord. Generous and charitable and lenient toward us. Yeah. See, 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 sometimes I'm preaching it to you, but sometimes I want to run out of here myself and just, just run around the church because God should have took the mic out of my hand for stuff that I've done throughout the week. But God is so good to me. He still allows me and he still anoints me. He anoints me for me and he anoints me for you. Because while the mic should have been out of my hand, the door should have been locked and you shouldn't have been allowed to come in. But God's so good. He gave me a word for you and he gave me a word while I was jacked up and while you was jacked up to bless us and wash us up because he's just that good. Cleans us up all the time. Washes us up all the time. No matter if our attitude is funky or not, he's good to us. Now, when you understand the goodness, you start adjusting your life to match the goodness. One of the places that I like to attend is Ruth Chris. And Ruth Chris has a rule that you're not supposed to wear jogging pants there. They want you to dress a certain way. Well, since I like the way Ruth Chris is, then I govern myself accordingly. I don't come in in shorts and a tank top because I understand the rules and I want to match the rules because it's that good to me. The stake is that good that I would adjust my life to match the goodness that I'm receiving. So once you find out God is good, you start adjusting your life to match up to the goodness of how good God is. All right, so that's going to lead me to my first point. My first point is goodness and correction. So when you receive God's goodness, there's an automatic correction that you start taking. See, the, the older church thought you had to beat people over the head with rules. But the truth of the matter is, if you show them and expose them God's goodness, anybody in their right mind will begin to adjust to the goodness. All right, let's, let, let's look at Romans 2 and 4. It's Mother Mitchell, this is where I have you, you start reading. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness? Let me stop right there. Do you despise the riches of his goodness? Because if you do, something's wrong with your mind. If God can be that good to you and you despise his goodness and spit on his goodness, something's wrong with you. All right, let, let, let's go back there and read it in its entirety. Or do you despise the rich, riches of his goodness? Forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. You, you mean I don't beat people up over the head for their mistakes to get them to repent? No, I show them the goodness of God. Because yeah. it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Let's put that same verse up, Romans 2, 4, in another version and, and uh, re read that. The first version was King James. This one is, I believe, English Standard. Read that. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, 
forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God's kindness is not intended for you to take advantage of it and take it for granted. His kindness is for you to repent. God's been too kind to you, too good to you, too benevolent to you, too charitable to you for you to stay the way you've been. So you start adjusting. And one thing I've learned is if you adjust in private, God won't have to expose you in public. See, when people get exposed in public, it's because they wouldn't adjust in private. So when I preach this stuff to you, you go home and you adjust. Don't just have it go one ear and out the other. You know you're doing any and everything. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm living my vision every day. And you know you're living all kinds of crazy when you leave here. When you leave here, you start making some adjustment. Guess what? Nobody has to know how messed up you are if you would just adjust to the kindness of the Lord. But some people, they, they want to see how close to the line they can walk without falling over. And then they fall over and God rescue them and pull them back. And guess what they do? They go right back to the line. No, no, you need to learn how to make some adjustments. Give, give you a quick story. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm struggling and I'm getting better at, at swimming is because several years ago I was at camp and I seen my friends. They were going to the end of the dock and they were stepping off. And I assumed that when they stepped off that they were touching the bottom because they would touch the bottom and they pop back up and get back on the dock. So me with my smart self, I walked and stepped off, and I didn't know it was eight feet deep water. And so when I stepped off, I was wondering the bottom was going to be, and I kept going down, down. Then I started fighting, swinging, and then somebody grabbed my hand and pulled my hand up and pulled me back on the dock. You know what I did? I went back to the dorm room and went to sleep. I got as far away from the water as I could. We had... Five hours of water time, but I didn't want no more water time. I almost lost my life, so I got away from the thing that almost pulled me under. Some of y'all almost got pulled under. God's kindness rescues you, and you want to walk right back to it. No, go somewhere and sit yourself down. Get a hold of, of, of some prayer partners and some prayer orders. Get as far away from the thing that almost pulled you under. Some of y'all run right back to it. So we, we, we got to have some wisdom in that area. All right, let's, let's, let's get a story. Let's look at Luke 5 and 3. I'm going to try not to interrupt you in this. Let's try to let you, you read Luke 5 and 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. This is Jesus choosing Peter's boat. Continue to read. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Nets, plural. Go, read. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Net, singular. I will stop just for a second. Jesus told them, let down your nets, plural, and Peter is thinking, listen, you are a rabbi, I'm a fisherman, this is what I do. You really don't know what you're talking about. Here's the problem, we have fished all night. And this is what would happen, when they would fish all night, they would clean the nets. So they would put them up. 
So now here's Jesus using the boat to teach. Now he's telling them to go out and fish. And now I got to take all these nets I've already cleaned and take them back out. I'm going to obey him out of respect, but I'm just going to bring the net. I'm not going to bring the nets because he don't really know like I know. And sometimes we feel like God don't know what I'm going through. So I'm going to do it my way. So Peter let down the net instead of the nets. Let's, let's read verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Their net was breaking. Wait a second. Jesus knew what he was doing. And had Peter let down the nets, then he would have been able to get all the fish. But the net started breaking. And a lot of times we get happy about a net-breaking blessing, but sometimes the net doesn't have to break if you would just follow the full instruction of the Lord and stop doing things your way. But even though he halfway did it, God was still good. Let's let's look at verse 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Now the boats are sinking because they didn't have enough nets. But let's let's look at verse 8. This is what I, I, I used to always get excited about the net breaking blessing, the boat sinking blessing. But I never understood the next verse, which we're getting ready to read, until later on in life. And I'm going to try to explain it. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. You would think that Peter would be jumping, flipping, shouting, shouting hallelujah because he got all these fish. No, he fell down on his knees and said, depart from me because your goodness has showed me how sinful I am. Because really, I thought I knew better than you, but you are the master and I am just the servant. So so I, I fall down to my knees, not because of me, but because... I realize your goodness. So here's the thing. He didn't follow the instruction and God blessed him anyhow. Oh, let, let, let me bring it down to, to this, let me bring it down to this day and age. You, 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 you wasn't married, but you still been sexing, but God blessed you anyhow. Gave you the job anyhow. You, now, now, what you could do, you could be like, well, pastor, you married. You can't tell me what to do. You could do that, or you could just say, God, you've been so good to me. I'm going to try not to do what I've been doing because your goodness reminds me that I need to repent and say, I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman, but you are a good God. And with your goodness over my sin, you will wash me and cleanse me. So, God, work on me. Lord, make me over. Make me over again. God, deliver. Deliver me because I'm a mess and you are still good. You give me a net breaking, boat sinking blessing even when I haven't done everything you wanted me to do. And if I gave every one of y'all a mic, y'all could think back a time where God was good even when you wasn't good. So his goodness will lead to correction if you accept the goodness and allow the goodness to correct. Now, Jesus never once said, Peter, I I saw what you did. Jesus didn't beat him up. Jesus didn't say nothing to him. He just blessed him anyhow. Let's look at the next verse, Luke uh, 5, 10, B, and 11. And Jesus said to Simon, 
Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Look at what Jesus did. He said, don't even worry about your disobedience because I'm going to use your disobedience and my goodness for you to reach somebody else. See, what God knows is that your, your, your sin ain't none of the devil's business because God going to use your sin and the way he turns you around to turn somebody else around. So don't worry about it. I'm going to use you to catch me. And I, I, I know you messed up and I know you was disobedient, but I'm so good that I'm going to turn your mistake into something. Else. In other words, I'm going to turn your mess into a message. And I, I'm going to take your test and turn it into a testimony because I'm just that good. And some of y'all know when you're going and witnessing to people that, that you, you don't have a right to be witness to somebody, but God's been so good. He turned your mess into something else. I, I heard somebody say it, and I said to myself, God don't bless mess. But I had to back up off of that because I'm a mess that he's still blessed. But he gave me a message in it. And the reason why I'm not so judgmental is because God's been good to me. And if he's been good to me, he can be good to you. Well, they over there sinning. Yeah, and so was I. They over there cussing. Yeah, and so was I. Well, they drinking themselves into a stupor. Yeah, so was I. And look what God done for me. So I'm not judging them. I'm praying for them that the same God that found me would find them. And I'm so glad I had somebody praying for me and somebody calling my name out. And when it comes to your children, call their name out. When it comes to your family, call their name out. Because the goodness of God is running after them. And one day the marijuana won't taste right and the sex won't taste right and the alcohol won't taste right and the cutting up won't feel right because the goodness of God is running after them. And like the prodigal son, one day they're going to come to themselves and come back home. And don't be like the older brother, but be like the father with your arms stretched and wide. So receive them when they come. All right, let's... Let's go to the next point. Next point is goodness and covenant. So we have goodness and correction. Now we have goodness and covenant. And I want to show you something that is in the covenant that is Old Testament covenant. Now, the New Testament, the Bible says it's based off of better promises. But if you find something in the Old Testament, that means it's just that much greater in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, they were cutting up all the time, all the time, don't care how many times he delivered them, blessed them, he would have to prophesy doom on them. They go through the doom, they come out, and they keep doing wrong. But God would keep saying, I still am in covenant with y'all. I still love y'all. And that's why the whole book of Hosea is about God telling the prophet to go marry a prostitute and watch the prostitute do the prophet wrong and tell the prophet to keep loving her and say, that's the way I love Israel. Even though they do me wrong, I love them anyhow. And you can talk about the prostitute, but you the same way. You done done God wrong and he loves you anyhow because he's in covenant with you. And it's not any covenant, it's a blood covenant. And that's why it's red lights and that's a cross up there because it's the covenant of the blood. He cut covenant with you. And because you might try to get out of covenant with him, but he's not trying to get out of covenant with you. So let's look at an Old Testament scripture that's very powerful. It's Isaiah 54 
And as we get toward the end of it, you will, you will recognize some of the promises that are in it. But these are promises that were under the old covenant that are much surer and stronger under the new covenant because God died and sent his son to die for us. Let's read verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. That's why I said don't stop calling their names out because you have a covenant that great shall be the peace of your children. I, I know they're acting funny right now, but God is so good to you. He loves you and everything that come out of you, everything you birth and everything that you that's connected to you. That's natural children and spiritual children. Whatever is connected to you, God will bless it because he's just that good. Just that good. All right, let's look at verse 14. In righteousness... You shall be established. Wait a second. Even if you're not that right, I'll still establish you in righteousness. Not your righteousness, but my righteousness. Read. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. I don't care what's coming on the earth. I'm going to move you far from oppression and fear because I got a covenant with you. Let's look at verse 15. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. I'm not saying stuff won't happen. It surely will assemble, but it's not going to assemble because of me. See, here's one of the things that when we don't understand the goodness of the Lord is when Satan sends attacks, we think we're being punished by the Lord, so we accept the attack. Well, I'm sick, but I know I got this COVID, but I probably won't make it because, you know, I ain't always been right. No, no, no. God is good. And God already paid for your healing. So what God says, yes, it will assemble. And yes, it will come. But it will not be because of me. And I will fix it up for your sake. All right. Let's, let's put 5415 back up. And I, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, Indeed, they shall surely assemble. But not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fail or fall for your sake. All right, verse 16. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. By the way, everything that's on the earth, I created it. And even though it may not be operating under my control, when I get ready, I can reverse and turn anything. I, I created everything you see. And so that's why this next verse that we love, that's why it's in the scripture. It's because of his goodness, his, his covenant of goodness. Let's read that next verse, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This, this is your inheritance. This is your, your covenant. No weapon formed against me and formed against you shall be able to prosper. It's not that the weapon won't form, but it just won't prosper. It, it, it just won't work. It doesn't have the ability to work. Because whatever they use to form it against you, God is in control of whatever they use. And, and, and here's the thing. When the hater comes against you, the hater is using God's breath to come against you. So what the hater is doing, it just won't work because God is still in control. And he said, I'll do it for your sake. Let, let's, put, let's put that verse back up and I'll, 
I'll, I'll, I'll read some of it. We, we love that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But look at this part. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Hold, hold on. You can put the camera back on me. Hold, hold on just a second. I, I, I'm not giving y'all license to tell folk off and cuss folk out. But what God says, part of your covenant is you ain't got to take anything that don't belong to you. People calling you all kinds of names, you can condemn it right then and there. You don't have to condemn the person, but you can tell the devil, no, uh-uh, I don't receive that. Well, you ugly, you fat, you disgusting. No, I don't receive that. I don't know who you talking to. Like when we was kids, we would say, you must be looking in the mirror because you sure ain't talking to me. I don't know who you talking to because I am blessed. I, I'm the head and not the tail. I, I'm above only and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me. You got to learn how to tell these 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 uh these demons, these devils, these imps that are rising up against you. You got to tell them, no, I'm not failing you. You a failure. No, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm not a failure. I'm inside of God, and there's no failure in God. Well, you're broke. No, no, I may not have money right now, but there's nothing broke about me. I'll never be broke another day in my life. I know the person who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My, my father is big. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You got to open. Open your mouth and condemn every negative thing that's coming against you. Because like I told you last week, God is turning some stuff in your favor. It's your covenant. It's your heritage. And stop getting mad at people and start getting mad at the demons that are trying to control the people. It ain't your job. It's not the boss on your job. It's not your spouse. It's not your cousin. It's not Pookie. It's not Ray Ray. It's devils. It's demons. And they mad at you. And they should be mad at you. If you looked as good as me, you'd be mad at me too. If, 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 if you was anointed as I was anointed, you'd be mad at me too. Come on, devil, bring what you got to bring on. But the righteousness I have is of the Lord. It's my heritage. There's goodness and there's covenant. Let's, let, let's put this next one up. There's goodness and there's connection. So we have goodness that leads us to correction. We have goodness based on God's covenant. And we have goodness and we have connection. In other words, the connection I'm talking about is God connected to us. Almost, well, not almost. The Bible says um, that, that God sent his love toward us while we were Yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God is connected to us uh, in spite of us. Connected to us despite us um, because of his goodness. So if God is connected to me, why do I keep trying to disconnect from him? I'm not talking about people who want to backslide and want to do wrong. I'm talking about y'all who want to do right. But then you make a mistake and then you feel like, oh, I got to distance myself from God because God won't love me. And then every time the thunder comes, you looking, you thinking God going to hit you with lightning. No, he's not going to hit you with lightning because if he hit you with lightning, he would hit himself because he's connected to you. He's in covenant with you. That's why the Bible uses the idea of marriage and the covenant of God likewise because marriage is two flesh becoming one. And that's why we're called the bride of Christ because we are one with him. He's connected with us. I in him and he in me. And he won't punish me and destroy me because he'd have to destroy himself because he's connected to me and I'm connected to him. And it's all because of his goodness. 
goodness and connection. So, so let's uh, let's actually I, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to read this this part just to show you the goodness of God and His connection. Romans eight thirty five. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril? Or sword, or depression, or, or, or divorce, or COVID, or pandemic. I, what can separate me from God's love? He's connected to me. Even when I sin, he's connected to me. Even when I fall, he's connected to me. He's so good, he's connected to me. He's plugged into me, and I'm plugged into him. Now, now, let me throw this in. That's why when I hear certain songs, I can't be cute. I don't care if I got a suit on. I don't care what I going on. I got to lift my hands up. I, I, I got to shout when shouting come on me. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. I ain't worried about y'all and looking cute for y'all. God been too good to me to look cute. I'll throw this suit off. I'll throw this tie off. And I'll give God praise and glory because God been good to me. Look at the folk on your row and say, if you don't want to praise them, don't you stop me. I'll praise them anyhow because he's connected to me. Let's look at verse 80, uh, 8, 8 and 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're more than conquerors through the one that we're connected to, to the one that's been good to us because his goodness is running after us. Verse 38. See, now I got confidence. For I am persuaded. I am convinced. I, it, I, I know down in my knower. I got show enough conviction. See, see, maybe you haven't been around God long enough and you think he's going to leave you. But, but I am persuaded. I've been in this thing long enough. I didn't seen God do some stuff for me. I've got some miracles in my life. I've I got some testimonies in my life. I, I am convinced. I, I am persuaded. I shown up, shown up, shown up. No, God is good. Let's go back to the scripture. For I am persuaded. That neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, verse 39, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate Andre from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you feel like giving up, Pastor Andre? I sure do. But why haven't you given up? Because God's connected to me. And every time I try to throw in the towel, he reminds me that he's still with me. And I can't give up. I can't turn it loose. God God is still down on the inside of me. And when I don't want to talk about him, I start thinking about him. And when I don't want to act right, I start acting right. And when I don't want to forgive, I find myself forgiven. Because God will neither leave me nor forsake me. His goodness is running after me. Verse 39, we're going to read it again. I, I instituted Andre, but I want you to put your name in there when I get there in verse uh, 39. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature 
shall be able, and this is where you put your name in, shall be able to separate Andre from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me just say it this way. This ain't to you. This is to the devil. Ha, 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 devil. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Well, you sin sometimes. Ha, 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 devil. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. But you're depressed sometimes. Ha, 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 devil. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Ha, 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 devil. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Come on. Come on, put the camera on me back there. I want to say this. Make sure I, the, 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 the folk in TV land know nothing can separate you from God's love. Let, let, me, let me see if I look over here. Nothing can separate you from God's love because he's good. You can have Buddha. You can have Krishna. You can burn sage. You can throw salt over your sword. And you can do all you want. But I'm going to trust the goodness of God. I'm going to trust the goodness of God. I, I, I don't know much about Muhammad. I don't really know much about Buddha. Don't know much about Krishna. But I do know that none of them die for me. And none of them were raised for me. And so I'm going to trust the goodness of God. I'm going to trust Yeshua HaMashiach. I'm going to trust the Christ of Christ. I'm going to trust the Lord of Lords. I'm going to trust the King of Kings. And if I'm like apostle, I'm going to trust the great I am. I'm going to trust the shepherd of the sheep. I'm going to trust the friend to the friendless. I'm going to trust the joy of the whole world. I'm going to trust the lily of the valley. I'm going to trust the bright and morning star. I'm going to trust the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I'm going to trust the Lord. Because he's good. He's good. He's good enough to correct me. He's good enough to be in covenant with me. And he's good enough to stay connected to me. And because of that, here's our last point. Goodness and communion. All I want to do is commune with him. Because he's been good to me. I don't want to wait till Sunday morning to commune with him. Amen. I don't want to think after I leave on Sunday morning, I don't need to commune with him. No, no, no. I, I, want, I want a relationship with God that's in constant communion. Because when I think about it, even though he's good, life ain't always good. I talked about sometimes we're carnal, but let's be honest. Sometimes we're dealing with more than what the old church dealt with. We got more temptations. We got more stuff. We got more junk. There used to be a time you'd come to church on Sunday, there wasn't a whole bunch of restaurants and things open to take you away. Yeah, they was in church on Sunday, but they didn't have a whole lot of other stuff to do. We got a bunch of stuff we can do. We ain't got to come to church. We can get, we, we, we don't even have to open up a pages of a Bible. We can put it up on our phone. It's easy for us to get lulled to sleep. But the reason why I want to be in communion with God, because I got too much I got to face outside of there. Husbands and wives, if you wanted to do something wrong, you, you, you had to go get somebody's number. But now we got social media. People can just slide in your DMs. And you ain't got to ask for them. They can just jump right in there. 
Single folk. You trying to live for God and that person you've always liked but you ain't never said nothing about it because you was trying to focus on God. He just slide in your DM. You didn't ask for it. Temptation will just jump and run right in your face. It'll, it'll come right on your address. I, 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 I'm not good enough to get outside of communion with God. I need to be in communion with God. So we're going to transition into our communion. But we're not just doing it to think only about the cross, which is important. But we're thinking about his goodness, his correction, his goodness, his covenant, his goodness, his connection, and his goodness. And we want to stay in communion with that good, good God. Now, if, if there's anything in your life that you feel like is just a little off, just, just do this with me. God, I'm sorry. Thank you for your goodness. I never want to separate from you because you will never separate from me. Come on, let's move into our communion. Sister Mitchell, I'll have you read. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. All right, I, I do want to say something. Yes, we know that Judas betrayed him, but how many times have you betrayed him since you've been saved? How many times have you thought what you shouldn't have thought, said what you shouldn't have said, looked at what you shouldn't have looked at, Talked about what you shouldn't have talked about. Been where you shouldn't have been. It, it, Judas ain't the only one that done betrayed God. Peter ain't the only one that done denied God. But he's still been in connection with us. So let's read our next verse. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we take the bread... His body was broken for our sins. He was bruised for our transgressions. So as we take this bread, this is our sin melting and dying away because Jesus took it in his body. Eat the bread. And I'll share, he was beat unrecognizably. Crown of thorns on his head. Stripes on his back, holes in his hand and his feet, pierced in his side, mocked and made fun of. Some of the folk that ate the 5,000 ate with the 5,000. Some of the folk that ate with the 4,000. The woman who had her funeral turned around. Some of them same folk turned around and said, crucify him. But he did it to stay in communion with us. Let's, let's go to verse 25. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. But despite all that, he cut a blood covenant with us. His body was for our healing. 
but his blood was for our relationship. Let us drink this blood. This grace juice is a reminder of his blood that was shed for us. And it reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. What can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain drawn deep with blood from Emmanuel's vein. This is what we remember. The blood that washes us white as snow. Let's look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And as we proclaim his death, we're proclaiming also his resurrection. Because he hung, bled, died, but he rose again. And so we proclaim his death because when he died, we died. That's what baptism represents. But we rise new. And because of his goodness, like they sing the song, still I rise. Come on, let's go into our prayer. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, praise you, love you. God, you are extra good to us. Extra, extra, read all about it. The news of the day is that it's the good news. The gospel is the good news. And it's the good news about your goodness to people who weren't good. But you are good to us. And God, help us to remember to allow your goodness to bring us to correction, to be reminded of what we have in the covenant because of your goodness, to stay in connection because of your goodness, and to always commune with you because of your goodness. Now, God, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who is not saved, I pray that you save them. Let your goodness find them. God, I even say it right now. We plead the blood of Jesus over every one of our loved ones. All of our unsaved loved ones, lasso them, God. Because the Bible says, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Draw our people to you, God. Draw them to you, God, and save them to the utmost. Because to the utmost, Jesus saves. In Jesus' name we pray and let everybody say, amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. God bless you all. Have a great week. You are dismissed.